everyone. Welcome to episode 10 of Tuesdays with Perry. So let's try to get him on the line. Perry, welcome to the 10th episode of Tuesdays with Perry. How you doing, my brother? Wow. 10 or it, it, You know, these episodes are just flying by. I'm having such a great time talking to you. I, I feel like I'm no longer a man on his own island. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. So, and what, what we're going to talk about today, obviously, uh, or maybe not obviously, but I'm reading from Fox News, this is a headline from Fox News, the U.S. media erupts over Italy's first female prime minister with Mussolini comparisons, a return to fascism, they say. Giorgia Maloney's right-wing Brothers of Italy won Italy's snap election. And I'm also going to compare that to, from a call a week or two weeks ago, Sweden's far right just made history is it the country's future, the New York Times reports, an anti-immigration Sweden Democrats beat out more moderate right-wing parties in the country famed for liberal governance. It is the latest example of the right staying power across Europe, and the New York Times goes on to compare the Sweden Democrats and anti-immigration far-right party with the recent history of overtly Nazi ideology. So we got... Nazis and Mussolini, apparently, in Europe. Um, what do you think about that, Perry? Well, first thing I thought of uh, with regard to, I think her last name is Gialoni, yes. uh, the incoming prime minister for, for Italy. I never thought in my wildest dreams the, left, the leftist lame-brained media would be so anti-feminist. It's, <laughs> it's shocking. Yeah, it it's is. Shocking. It is. It's her name is Georgia Maloney, and she took this Brothers of Italy party from a fringe political party and using predominantly um, anti-immigration, uh, or I should say, illegal immigration sentiment, but also pushing the priority of family which, of course, La Familia in Italy is very important. Um, <laughs> this is not a... Yeah, but notice, notice she has blonde hair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's not Sicilian. Um, but right. this is uh, uh, ongoing, and you know what problems they had with Hungary's uh, Orban. They were calling him, they were trying to compare him to Hitler, and you have also right-wing governments in Poland and these company, uh, these countries, excuse me, are refusing to allow, um, you know, this unfettered immigration that has been pushed by the EU. So they're calling them fascists. We hear a lot of that here, neo-fascist, fascist-like, you know, all these terms from hard right to far right. What does all this mean? Is there, is there really, I mean, because Georgia Maloney is talking against the big banks, apparently. So how is she fascist? What, is, what does all this mean, all this fascist? And it's obviously a demonization, but where are they going with this? 
you know, I, I want to keep my powder dry on this, Rudy, but I'm, the more I see of this, it's not just taking place in Italy. Like you said, it, you know, you look at the um, Nordic nations, it's happening in Sweden, it's happening in Finland, um, it's happening in the Slavic nations like Poland and, and uh, Lithuania and, and Estonia. It's happening everywhere in both Eastern and Western Europe. Uh, that's part of what Brexit was about years ago. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's happening here. And really what this all boils down to is the, the little boy who cried wolf for the past, let's just say 40 years, going back to Reagan's first run for the, uh, actually first successful run for the presidency in 1980. They didn't take him seriously, just like they didn't take Trump seriously in 2016. So they called him a feeble old man with old ideas that didn't work. They learned their lesson, and now you saw how they treated uh, Bush 43, and once elected, you see what they tried to do and had some success uh, with Trump. And so why are they doing this? Well, they're doing this because their socialist utopia theories, now that they're being put into full practice throughout the Western world, are failing miserably. The people, the, the, the people, the little people, the people like us, the people who, from the hinterlands, the ones who do most of the living and most of the working and most of the dying in each of our countries, they're the ones who can no longer pay their power bills. They have to choose between gasoline and food. They, they are now finding when their children come home from school, preteen, that they're being told, you don't have to be the gender you were born as because sometimes doctors get it wrong and the other thing they're doing is they're removing well they've already done that but they have successfully removed god from the from the union square as uh, part of what this peaceful um rebellion in in uh in italy this this changing of the guard is all about they're being told as italians Come Christmas time, we don't want to offend the people that have invaded our country. Right. So we are no longer in, at Christmas time going to refer to Christmas. We're not going to bring up the name Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Yeah. Okay. Or the or the three wise men because we don't want to offend the people who don't believe in what we believe in, and that's part of the socialist mentality. Yeah. And you know, look, you and I could could go ad nauseum about. Um, uh, Mark's book, and and then of course Saul Alinsky with Rules for Radicals, all of these things, the socialists, the Marxists, the postmodernists, yeah, the postmodernists, right, postmodernists, they're all these criminals, and that's what I'm going to start calling these these yeah. Bogarts. They're criminals, yeah. and they're now seeing that the people who they've always been able to count on by fooling aren't being fooled anymore. Right. And so they have no choice but to resort to name calling. And that's what they're trying to do. It's not going to work. No. It's not it's not worked ever any time they've applied it. No. So that's why this is happening. Yeah, it is a certainly a repudiation of the neoliberalism that was cloaking socialism and postmodernism was 
was cloaked in these neoliberal global policies. And that's why you're seeing this all over the world, I think, is that these global policies, probably coming straight out of the World Economic Forum, are cloaked in this neoliberalism. It's supposed to sound nice and caring and all these things. But the problem is these republics, these democracies have stopped listening to the electorate. And as you saw, or maybe you didn't see here in Italy, is you had the president of the EU warning Italians not to vote for Miss Maloney because that the EU has tools in their toolbox that they could use against Italy if if the electorate didn't vote the way the EU wanted them to. So this is yeah, just well, yeah. Go ahead. Well, keep 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 in mind, and and this is the problem with most egotist, or shall I say, egotistical elitists like the president or so-called president of the European Union. She is is trying to herd all these cats and the reason known as former European countries. Now they're just members of a union. Mm. And what she doesn't realize is that horse has left the barn, baby. And all you have to do is look westward towards Great Britain. And Great Britain, at the time Great Britain broke away through Brexit, the Italians came very close to leaving the European Union. The Brits are not the only ones. And let me tell you, this this new prime minister for Italy, I guarantee you there's going to be a cat fight in in Brussels really soon. And she's going to say, let me tell you something, sister. You need me more than I need you. So you better watch your step. It's coming. It's coming. Because... Remember, that's how she got elected. She got elected to restore Italian pride. And yes, you could call that a form of nationalism. Absolutely. Sure. For some reason, the press, and I would say Western press in general, not specific only to the United States uh, media uh, market, they have corrupted what the word nationalist really means. Of course, yeah. And, and they've done that successfully because they and their miscreants in K-12 through um, um, formal education throughout all of our universities has, have successfully lied to students for the past five decades uh-huh. so that they should think synonymously. If you call yourself a nationalist, that means you support Hitler's ideology. Yeah, Nazism, right? National what? socialist. See, the problem is nationalism isn't a bad word when you have supranational organizations like the EU or the WEF or what have you trying to undermine sovereignty of nation states. And so, of course, Correct. you're going to have this pushback of nationalism because if people are telling you your country is bad and that you you know your country shouldn't be allowed to close its borders to waves of immigrants um you're going to have a lot of pushback because people believe in the place they live why because it's in their self-interest to root right. for your country because that's that's where you live 
So the I mean, job- think about this for yeah. a second. Let's let, let's just go back for one second uh, with regard to this upcoming brouhaha that's going to take place in Brussels. And imagine for just a second if the president of the European Union starts threatening uh, Maloney. When that happens, what can she say? We are we are not going to allow you to use our banks. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. Maloney is simply going to say, and you will have no trade with, with Italy. Yeah. I will do trade with the United States. Now, how, how effective that is, I don't know, because yeah. of who's in the White House. Well, I will do trade with the Israelis, with, with the, um, the UAE. With Hungary. And, and keep in mind, these are all um, growing economies. Yeah. There's a lot of stagnation going on right now in, in Europe. And, and so the best thing that can happen to Italy is that kind of veiled, well, not veiled, overt threat being made. Yeah. And she'll simply say, do as you will. Yeah. I'm no longer in. I'm going to go back to my parliament. And as of tomorrow, we're going to simply withdraw. Well, you can't do that because if you remember, that's what they tried to prohibit the Brits from doing. That's why Brexit took so long. Yeah, of course. Because the Brits were playing by the rules that Brussels had imposed on them. Well, you're starting to threaten me. You're going. You're going to call me a Nazi. You're going to call me um, a member of, of, of La Familia. Okay, I'll show you how we do things in Rome. Yeah. And, that, and and it'll happen. Well, it'll happen to some extent like that. Yeah, well, Vic, anyway. Victor, Victor Orban in Hungary did the same thing and uh, the, what Poland did the same thing. They basically gave uh, gave the EU the big middle finger and said, we're going to do things our way and, you know, you be damned. So, right. so I, I mean, gonna... after all, why, why should somebody in Brussels who's from, um, I'm trying to think, the, the president of the EU, I want to say, who is she from Finland? I think, Where is she I, from? Think she, I think she's Dutch or maybe she's a Dane. Yeah, 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 I, I, exactly. So, so think about this. Why should someone from Denmark have the right, more importantly, the legal authority to tell Italians how to govern themselves. Yeah. And so I'm telling you, this is good. This British Britain was the first. They will not be the last. And so help me if things don't quiet down. Brussels is going to lose their second member of the union coming. Yeah. Well, they're, I mean, they're not really, they're not even really elected. I mean, these supranational right. organizations are, are not even, um, not even elected. So her name is Correct. Ursula von der Leyen is her name. I had it on the tip of my tongue, but I just wanted to get it right. Um, and Didn't she... George Costanza work for her company? <laughs> <laughs> they were making latex. <laughs> so I'm going to move on to some uh, uh, more local news for you, some more DeSantis news. So this is from the National Review. Florida lawmaker who sued DeSantis over migrant flights has history of backing sanctuary cities. Now, this guy, apparently a Democratic Florida state senator, um, sued Governor DeSantis for sending migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Um, This guy, Jason Pizzu, who represents Miami, 
uh, sued DeSantis this week, petitioning a judge to bar him from spending any more state funds on the transports. Um, but this guy is, um, in 2019, Pizzo voted against the bill that would prohibit localities in the state from enacting sanctuary laws, which prohibits local police from communicating with immigration naturalization services. So this guy is against, obviously, any enforcement of immigration laws in your state. So I want you to comment on this. And then we got another story from Business Insider. Trump purportedly is called GOP donors asking them to stop contributing money to Ron DeSantis. Um, So first off with the National Review, I don't know if you know this guy, Jason Pizzo, but he says that DeSantis can't spend money on moving migrants out of the state. Uh, What do you think? Well, first of all, I'd like to check and see exactly what his legal status is, (laughs) because I'm beginning to think he may not be a citizen of this country. Uh, You know, there's a lot of illegals in Miami. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's very possible that they, they all banded together and got him on the ballot to protect them so that they don't get shipped back. Um, as for now, uh, to use, use the phrase that the media and the Democrats loved to use against um, my dear, dear governor, this stunt that Mr. Pizzo just tried to use is a joke because how did he get that? How did DeSantis come to have these funds to do what he did? He went to the legislature. A bill was drafted. The bill was signed into law by the governor. And voila, it's done legally. Yeah. 12, mi- $12 million. Yeah. $12 million. Yeah. And I got, I got news for Mr. Pizzo. If he thinks that's going to stop the governor, there are, what, 22 million Floridians now? How much you want to bet if the governor asked the electorate, certainly his supporters, if they would all contribute $5 per person in each family, how much you want to bet he'd raise another $12 million? Yeah. I bet you okay? would. So yeah. as far as Mr. Pizzo goes, he, he can... He can piss off, <laughs> piss as off. Chris like to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the next story up is for Business Insider. Apparently, Trump has called several GOP donors who are contributed money to Ron DeSantis, asking them to stop boosting the Florida governor. Again, like I mentioned, they're trying to make a primary fight between DeSantis and Trump. DeSantis, who was boosted by Trump, doesn't really seem interested in going up against his uh, former benefactor, um, but uh, as the insider says, Trump was instrumental in shaping DeSantis's political rise in the Sunshine Sunshine State, endorsing the little-known congressman in the 2018 gubernatorial primary over a more established rival than Agriculture Commissioner Adam Putnam. Alan Putman. Yeah. That's right. And uh, with the MAGA, MAGA movement behind DeSantis, he became unstoppable in the GOP primary that year. And then he won a narrow victory over Andrew Gillum after Mr. Gillum was found out to be smoking crack with a male prostitute. <laughs> no, actually, that was no, that was after the election. Oh, okay. This is okay. what was known. <laughs> yeah. This <clears throat> this was 
this was a, a little-known fact about Gillum uh, and was one of many that were proven to be true, including how corrupt he was and how he used government monies from the city of Tallahassee, of which he was the mayor of, for his own personal benefit. And the list goes on and on and on. And of course, the, the lame brain media are very good at, 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 at burying, you know, things like that that are not considered important in a, in a, uh, in a campaign. Um, but as far as, as far as this, this attempt, this feeble attempt on the, on the part of the media to try and create a dust up between the DeSantis and Trump camps. <clears throat> if they really wanted to find out if it was true, they'd have to go no farther than Don Jr. or his soon-to-be wife, Kimberly Guilfoyle, who we all know quite well, um, and ask, is your father really saying that to, uh, to power brokers uh, within, within the uh, Republican financial world? that they, he does not want them to contribute any more money to Governor DeSantis run for re-election. What do you think the answer of Don Jr. is going to be? Yeah. It, it's going to be, do we really have to go down this road again about all the fake news? And, and, and that's, that's the reason why the story was written the way it was, Rudy. Yeah. It was written that way on purpose, yeah. just to create a dust-up. You know what? We're used to it. It's a non-story. It's a, it, it's unimportant. I'm already I'm already yawning over it now. Yeah, yeah. it's it's unlikely that it's even true. You know, it is the business. Of it, not. It, it is the business insider. So, I, I doubt it's even true. He's just looking for clicks. That's all it is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, you know what? We're gonna cut it short. We're gonna try to make this a short one uh, this week, Perry. But it, we. We locked in the 10th episode of Tuesdays with Perry. So, um, oh, I wanted to ask you one more question. You got a hurricane uh, bearing down on you. How are you faring down there in Florida with this approaching uh, hurricane? What's the name of the hurricane? Is it well, Irma? Uh, <laughs> God help us if we have another Irma. Uh, no, it's, um, it is an E. Um, goes to show you how, how concerned I am. No, it's all um, good. It is. The storm is making its way closer to my part of the state, so you know we are we are definitely taking the precautions. But um, I've got the important necessities. I got my Jimmy Buffett. I've got a bottle of rum. There you go. I've got my bourbon, my vodka. I've got my Huvenor full of cigars, and I have a a, a emission rich generator. It's going to puff out plumes of, of, of carbon monoxide <laughs> if needed. And yeah. so we're good. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why Floridians have hurricane parties. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. When, when yeah, the, it's great. I mean. When the wind and, and uh, water's lapping at your door, just uh, pour another glass full. Um, it's, hurricane oh, and, e, it's Hurricane Ian. I'm sorry. It was something with an I. I knew it was. I thought it was an E. I'm sorry. No, Ian starts sort of sounds like it starts with an E. Yeah, right. The, the name Ian E I A E. I'm sorry, I A N. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. I, I you know, there is going to be. I, I mean, look. In all seriousness, hurricanes 
are not a joke, okay? But what you have to understand coming coming from the standpoint of the southeast quadrant of the country, basically from from the Gulf Coast of Texas all the way up to Virginia, especially North and South Carolina, and everything down south all the way to Key West. If you are in the direct line, meaning the eye of the storm is going to go over your house, those are dangerous. It doesn't have to be a Category 5 like um, Andrew was in 92 or um, Irma was in, in 17. That's what makes hurricanes dangerous. But if you're on the periphery, we're supposed to get hurricane gust winds, but sustained winds of no greater than 40 miles an hour. This is the reason why so many Floridians have hurricane parties, because hurricanes, no matter how, how great forecasting has gotten, and I've lived here now in this, in this sunshine state for more than half of my life, and over that period of time, I have seen forecasting for hurricanes get incredibly uh, good. I mean, very accurate. But you never know. And that's why you take the precautions. Like I said, we're, we're good to go. We have plenty of, of uh, provisions. Uh, we, have, we have the things to make. God forbid, should we lose power? And chances are we will. Um, we have what we need to get through until the lights come back on. Well, I wish you the safest um, safest time through this hurricane, and I hope you and yours uh, stay safe and that you have a hurricane party and a hurricane drink uh, in my honor. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'll do my best to put a video together for you. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> that would be great. But no, all seriously, stay safe and um, all the best to you. Thanks again, man. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. All right, Rudy. Have a good one. All right. Good night, Perry. Good night now. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. There goes Perry. Pensacola Perry from Florida. Giving us his insight into Florida politics and conservative politics in general. And um, how they're trying to... Uh, batten down the hatches there for the hurricane that's approaching. It looks like it's going to hit on the Gulf side of Florida. So I think he might be in a little bit better shape. So all the best to Perry and all the best to the Floridians down there bracing for the hurricane. Good luck, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next week. And I'll see some of you tomorrow. Rudy's Revelation.